When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. What's that, Key? I was just telling Jay, he got, you know, he's father, son, Holy Spirit. He's preaching and stuff now. He, he got a whole deal. I'm I've been just, around a playmaker, Key. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're around a playmaker have and a, start preaching. Yeah, I would put on a, ooh, man. <laughs> if, you, if you put it this way, it'd be a lot of broke cats walking to y'all church. <laughs> by the time I put it this way, they'd be fat pocket by the time they leave. A lot of baskets being passed around. A lot of Rolls Royces yeah. being bought. <laughs> is this an NBA parking lot or is this the church? <laughs> you, you stay out of this, Max. This yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> Max, Max, you see Max's face is like this, Jay. No, well, Max, you ever not, been to but... a Baptist church, Max? You ever been to a Baptist church? What's that? You ever been to a Baptist church? I, I have not been. I, don't, I haven't been to uh, a Baptist church, nor have I been to a church. many uh, places of worship. <laughs> I have been in churches, yes. Yes, he has. Yes. But, uh, Max, you, you understand what me and Jay are saying, though, right? I sure do, Key. Okay, all right, you... I'm not going to get you in trouble. Don't worry. You're good. You're safe. <laughs> You're with us. You are with us. We have certain cover on this show. Yeah, you yes, got cover. Certain issues. All the way He's around. with us. You know. <laughs> so, uh, how did, how was last night for you guys? Yesterday, better yet. Uh, yesterday was uh, interesting. And you, Maxer? Uh, yes, I don't even. I just worked all day yesterday? and went to sleep, man. <laughs> Max, what <laughs> happened? What did I say yesterday? I I don't I don't know. You tell me what you said yesterday. I I don't know. Oh, yeah. what? What? What do you mean? What did you say yesterday? Jay asked me. No, he's saying he's done so many shows, Key. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like by the time we get off our conference call in the afternoon, I've been going for 12 straight hours. I don't know. I have dinner and I go to sleep. I just, Jay, you said what you say yesterday. That's why, Max. No, you said what you say yesterday. I'm like, what did you say? No, you're not. Yes, you are. You know what LeBron James said? No, but you're going to tell me. what LeBron James said? He said he is disappointed. By losing out on Kyrie Irving, who's talking to our very own Michael Wilbon, but his, quote, focus is shifted. Listen to this. Definitely disappointed. I can't sit here and say I'm not disappointed on not being able to land such a talent, but someone that I had great chemistry with and know I got great chemistry with on the floor that can help you win, um, you know, championships in my, in my mind, in my eyes. Um, but my focus is shifted now. Um, my focus is shifted back to where it should be, and that's this, that's this club now and what we have in the locker room. Mm. Interesting, Jay. I mean, that's what it should be, though, right? I mean, a, a, as, a, as a player, as a competitor, when there is an asset available that you really want, you throw your hat in the rank and you make you, – you give it a real shot. You, you go yeah. for it, and if you don't get it, all right, well, the, the basketball gods aren't going to have it work out, so if it's not going to work out, I can't cry over spilt milk. All I could do is focus on what's in front of me and the team that I have currently and keep trying to get back on track and see what else is out there so we can try to 
find a way to get to the playoffs and win it this year. No, and no, it just it just is so funny how five years ago that relationship seemed to be, you know, sour to a whole nother level. And now LeBron James is so disappointed they didn't get Kyrie. So the hatchet is completely buried clearly, right? Because it was this whole, could he play with him? How would he be able to, you know, uh, not necessarily control him, but get him to fall in line, all of those sort of things. But it certainly seems like LeBron James had his heart set on getting Kyrie. And for whatever reasons, the Lakers or, or the Nets or whoever didn't make it happen. You know, I, it, it reminds me in a way. Like, I'd love to see them reunite in L.A., and maybe it could still happen next oh, year. Oh, it's going to happen yeah, in the offseason. This summer. But, yeah. but, summer, but, right, Jay? I, I, <laughs> my summer. mind goes right to Kobe and Shaq in the sense that – and they accomplished more as Lakers, of course. And Kobe, I think it was necessary for him to get away from Shaq just to show, look, I could be the lead dog and win multiple championships. But I think you'd never know how good you got it, right? Like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, I could do this. And then you go off on your own and you go, wait a minute, I had it, I had it pretty good, right? Yeah. I'd love to see LeBron and Kyrie do what Kobe and Shaq couldn't the way things worked out, which is get back together at some point and win a championship on the Lakers and, and Max, come full circle. Think about the tie here, right? Who was Kyrie's mentor? Kobe. Kobe. Where did Kobe play? L.A. LeBron's in L.A. And I think the thing that kind of centers around all this is I think Kyrie has a lot of perspective on how difficult – it was for LeBron to do what LeBron has done. You know, and I, I think at the time, you know, Kyrie trying to find himself and the whole kid thing and just where they were and how the media kind of put them against each other to a degree and how they let that fizz out their relationship. I think there's so much more appreciation now for all the stops that Kyrie has had and also for what LeBron has been able to do where you look back on it and you say, damn, like, yeah, that, that, was, that was it. Let's see if we can rekindle that fire. Well, they, LeBron's had as many stops, it feels like, as Kyrie. But but you also— He won chips, though, at every stop. No, I know. I know. But but like you say, though, when you are away from somebody yeah, for, a period, yeah. for a period of time, Jay, you kind of—it's not that you miss them. You just know, okay, we really had it good. We're also more mature now than we were, regardless if Kyrie is younger than LeBron. They both have matured in different ways. So now they can look at things with a different— a different mindset, different perspective. And, and it's not, okay, I'll pat you on the top of your head, so now I'm disrespecting you based on what some damn media is saying. No, this is the way it was. I wasn't never really disrespecting you. I just was frustrated at you at times because you got everything in you, but we couldn't get it out of you to help us win multiple championships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get all that sort of stuff going and you reflect on the times that you had together. Two uh, things. Two things about that, guys. One – Youth is wasted on the young because when you're young, you don't know what you don't oh, know, no. yep. right? Like So Kyrie didn't know what he didn't know, and then he went around the block a couple times. He's like, oh, oh, okay, man, I wish I could talk to that young guy, right? And from LeBron's point of view, he's a basketball fan. He turns on the TV and watches Kyrie and goes, like the rest of us, damn, what I could do with that, right? I mean, now the question is, if you're the Lakers, and Key, you know, you're a diehard Laker fan, would you rather make a move and give up a pick and try to get Russell Westbrook off the books and maybe give up Austin Reeves in a deal where you try to go for a guy like Fred Van Bleet that can help your team? You know, it may not get you to a championship game, but that, that that's a legit player now that can shoot the lights out of the ball 
And he's one of the most underrated players in the league now. Where, where so, is it, where's his contract at, Jay? Uh, I don't know exactly where it's at, but I mean, he signed like a hundred plus million dollar deal. He wants to make sure he Toronto. can sign Kyrie in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, but exactly. he, he could find a way to work it out. I don't I mean, want to mess around with. So you probably so for you, do you stand? Because what pat. we got right now, we you can stand be pat. The, right now. We could be the sixth seed. We can wind up being the fifth seed, sixth seed, right somewhere in there, and then go home in a round or two and look to the summer. No matter what they do right now, Jay, and you know this because this is what you do for a living. There's not a championship Laker team out there right now, no matter who you get, right? Because the pieces that you're not getting Tatum, so it's not going to happen, right? Like, you're not getting Kevin Durant, so it's not going to happen. You're not not getting getting Steph Curry. You're not getting two LeBron Jameses. So whatever you do, you're probably not going to win a championship this year. And they knew that all year, really. Come on. How could they not know that, right? Looking at the roster. So it is about next year. I don't don't think it's just about next year, man. There's not that much of a a big gap between, like, third place and, and like, tenth place. Well, it's not that. It's the team, though, Jay. No, I I hear you. And, look. But there's an opportunity. I I think Denver is probably the best team in the West right now. They're playing like it. I think you got sack. That is having one heck of a year. I, you know, Golden State will be there if Steph can get healthy. I think their team's contending, but it does feel like if you're the Lakers, you're like, yo, if we just hit a run, if we just get hot at a certain it's time, possible. it's possible. Hey, you want to hear Jason Kidd, um, Mavs head coach, of course, because they're the ones who actually got Kyrie, at least for the time being, on his relationship with Kyrie Irving? Here it is. Kai came to uh, my Hall of Fame induction, um, and so uh, we've had we have a relationship. Uh, he's all about basketball. He wants to win, and he wants to be coached. And uh, this is, you know, a great opportunity for me to uh, have someone like this uh, to, to help. Um, to split my time between those two and the rest of the team is it's it's a great challenge, and it should be fun. See. So Kyrie loves Jason Kidd, and it's a Jason Kidd has a completely different personality than Steve Nash. Jason Kidd will say things to your face. He'll be direct with you. He's not shying away from confrontation at all. And the other missing link in this whole thing is Nico Harris, who is the GM of the Dallas Mavericks. Like, he was an executive at Nike, and he had a very good relationship with Kyrie for the longest time. So I think the way they're going about this yesterday when you saw Nico Harris, you know, pick up Kyrie from the airport. He's with Mark Cuban. Uh, you know, getting him on the same page with Luca from the beginning is key for this because this is a three-month, four-month window now where we just said that the West is wide open. You can't tell me that's not one of the most dynamic backcourts there is in the league. They may not be great defensively, but they're going to try to outscore you offensively, and that puts pressure on you defensively. Yeah, and, and when you talk about the relationship with Nico, former uh, executive at Nike, when Kyrie was under the deal several years ago prior to taking the general manager job, with the Mavericks, it's extremely important. And you know how that is from a grassroots standpoint, Jay. When you have been dealing with somebody in the shoe industry for such a long time and you have this relationship and you have a relationship with the head coach, you're, you know, things are different. You didn't, you didn't necessarily have a relationship with some of the other people at the Brooklyn Nets that coached you or was in the front office to the degree that you have with these gentlemen here. So – it could work itself out the way that they envision it. That's why they hit the ground running, picking guy up. Sit, you know, those car rides go a long ways in those conversations prior to those steak dinners that you get at night when mm-hmm. they're, you know, trying to convince you, hey, this is the 
this is the right place. And Max, like this is different than Steve Nash. It was more so Sean Marks guy. Like both KD and Kyrie have said that, even though they had to sign off on it at the end of the day. So this is a guy who's had head coaching experience. I mean, just talk to Giannis about how Jason Kidd has helped him when he had his stint in Milwaukee. Does the Kyrie Irving trade eight seven seven say sorry eight seven seven eight 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 say ESPN? There's so many. It's a new number. So, so many numbers. It's changed. I think that eight seven seven may have been the old uh, ESPN LA number we asked to give out. something. I don't know. I got that in my head. Eight 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 say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Does Kyrie Irving? Does the trade signal the end of the big three era in the NBA? Is it shifting? You need depth. You can't just try to go get three guys. You one or two guys and then a deeper team. 888-SAY-ESPN. Meantime, LeBron James needs 36 points to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the all-time scoring champ. Tune in to NBA action tonight as the Lakers host the Thunder. Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 10 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. So the Eagles' Nick Sirianni, their head coach, says he has a chip on his shoulder after not being retained by Andy Reid in Kansas City when Reid took over there. Uh-oh. And he was on the staff. Uh-oh. Are you buying this? Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride-or-die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. A key, who came up with germ spreaders? Was it Parcells? Man, that's the first place I heard it. Really? So, yeah, yeah Bill Parcells. Man, it sounds like Bill Parcells. So, <laughs> that's the first place I heard it when I, you know, when I, uh, in 97, I want to, I say. How do you yeah. say it? It was he was talking about the media, uh, you know, and just spreading rumors, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ba- and by the way, that must have been music to your ears when you were portrayed a certain way in your first year with a bad coaching staff on a bad team. Then Parcells comes in, watches you, but, and goes, "No, no, no, everyone stop." But Max, you know, every athlete—I mean, yeah. maybe not to Key's extent—but you know, every athlete is portrayed like a certain way. There's something that you've said in some kind of post press conference yep. that it's a whole paragraph, but yet. You know, a sentence of the paragraph the gets germs. used. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. You, you know what, though? I'll tell you real quick, take you behind the curtain, a quick story. So, Sal Powell, when Bill took over in 97, his first draft was in 1997. So, I had 
written my book, right? The book was out that spring and Bill takes over and they have the draft happening. And you know how they used to take a reporter and put a reporter at the facility and they would stand there and talk yep. to the coach after a pick or before a pick or blah, blah, blah. And Bill told Sal, pal, don't ask any questions about his book because I don't give a damn. I wasn't here. Da, 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 da. And Sal, being Sal, Uh-oh. did his job. He asked Bill about the book, and that was the end of that relationship. And that's when I knew right then and there, that's my guy. You know, I'm like, yeah, he with me. Mm-hmm. So, look, germ spreading. This is part of or or storytelling, by the way, and reporting and 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 discussing two different things. Yeah, two but, different things. Well, of course, it's the same thing, and it depends on how you're cheek. looking at it. Germ spreading is a tongue in cheek. Yeah, right. So the point is, around the Super Bowl, we're looking for stories and and. One was found, I think, that makes it kind of a grudge match. Nick Sirianni to Andy Reid. We're going to play you that sound from Nick Sirianni in a second and spread some germs. But we asked you before the break, does Kyrie Irving's trade signal an end of a big three era in the NBA? And, Jay, I could see your objections to that in your face as soon as I asked the question. By that, I mean the idea that, man, just get three great players together as good as you can, and, and then worry about the rest later. Is the league now more, Get you still need a great player, at least probably two, and then depth. Does the big three thing where you're just kind of cramming it all together not work? I mean, how do you – so let me ask you this question. How do you define big three? Like is big three like the KD, LeBron – James like, Harden, Kyrie Irving, big three. So like, so like Mono Ginobili – Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, was that a little big different? Three? I would say I don't think Ginobili or Parker were ever MVP caliber players, and they all came up together. Little so different. You're, so you're saying it's changed ever since like the LeBron James, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade. Bosch, there's that era. a big three, right? I, I, I threes mean, as free agents come together. Yeah, big three types. Yeah, well, I mean, I, not I, free agents, but trade, trade acquisition. Yeah, yeah, free yeah, yeah. You almost saw the Lakers just do it. It's not over. I mean, no, I, don't think, in Phoenix I don't think it's has over an opinion. Yeah, Jason. What'd you say? Jason in Phoenix has an opinion. What's up, Jason? Hey, guys. Uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, Max, that's, you can say that, you know, but honestly, uh, anybody, if you just imagine Harden, Kyrie, and KD together, you know it's going to work. I mean, the, just the attitude part didn't work, but the fact that, you know, you get these three guys together, you know you know that's going to work. I mean, it's not even a question. Come on, what are we talking about? Jay, I agree. I don't think it's over. I'm just asking the question. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, with the big three that they had when they lost to Milwaukee, I mean, Kyrie Irving got hurt. He wasn't playing. It goes to a game seven. James Harden's out there limping on one leg. And KD, if he wears a, you know, slightly smaller shoe, like they end up winning <laughs> that game. Like, so it, it ain't that far off, you know. It's there for the taking. Yeah, it, it, this is the only big three that was assembled that did not work. So if you want to call Milwaukee a big three when they went out and they got um, the guard. Drew Holiday. Holiday. When they went out and got Holiday. But see, that's the thing, Nokia. Like, do you consider it? Like, that's what I was – No, I do. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis. Is that a big three? Yeah, here's my big three. Here's how I identify big three, Jay. Two guys are perennial all-stars, right? Just perennial. They're always going, going, going. And then there's another guy that's like – well, yeah, he's an all-star this year, but he missed it too. He's an all-star. He's an all-star. He missed it. That's how I look at the big three. Okay. I remember having an argument on first take once. Really? And I'm trying to remember arguments. if I'm trying to remember if Stephen A was on that day, but Molly oh. definitely was because I remember her also siding with the other side of the argument, and I was thinking, what? 
about uh, whether or not LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love was a big three. Like they were saying, Kevin yeah. Love doesn't. Kevin Love was a perennial All Star. Yeah, that's, that's a big three. three. Of course, that's a big three. It, of course, sure. it was. That was my argument. I'll have one. I'll give you another so one. So that's to your it, point. I'll Keith. give you another one, Max. And it's yeah. in, I'm granted he's hurt, but I mean, it, it's Zion Williamson, Brennan, uh, BJ, and then CJ McCollum. Like are Here's, they? I'm sorry, Zion, Zion, Brandon Uche, Ingram, Zion, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum. Is that a big three? No. Here's the thing, guys. CJ was an All Star for a while. Not yet, though. Middleton. Um, and 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 Drew with Giannis, it's their big three. Yeah. But I don't think you could call it a big three. A big th- like Drew Holiday is an excellent player. He's not going to ever win an MVP. Chris Middleton is an excellent player. He'll never really be considered in the conversation. But but but, but but D Wade didn't win an MVP. But he, neither, but he was an MVP neither caliber did, player. Neither did Bosh. No, Bosh not. But but Wade was an MVP caliber player, and Bosh was an All Star. Steph, Clay, and Dre, or Jordan. Yeah, Poole? I think. That's, is that I a think Steph, Clay, and Dre a couple years ago for sure. They just won a championship three. last year. But but Clay has. They just not, won a championship last year. Jay, but, but but that's but not with a big three. They won a championship as a team. Clay has not been himself. I agree. Maybe he he'll get come back, back off but, multiple injuries. Right, I mean, right. By the way, he had twelve threes last night, Max. And those all yeah, and see right. and y'all twelve threes, threes back, last night, would Max. Would you say Clay's all the way back? Yeah, he's he's getting pretty damn close. In another twelve threes last night. Another thing about the big three. You have to be able to assemble somebody. You can't have it homegrown. Right. Somebody's got to come from somewhere that now when you start to say KD, Curry, and Clay or Dre, now that's a big three because KD came from somewhere. So now that's a real big three. Jordan Pippen, Rodman. I think that was a big three. Because Rodman came from somewhere. The first first thing that really happened, Max, was in 2007. When you talk about when Danny Ainge made the move for Ray yes. Allen, yes. Kevin Garnett, yes. and Paul Pierce, that's yeah. when that elite level no doubt. of big three that started was the to first really time, occur. That was the first time people's minds said yes. big three, and that's why LeBron had to say, okay, watch this. Does the Kyrie Irving trade signal the end of the big three era? That was the question, 888-SAY-ESPN. But coming up, Key's real rankings. Mm. Which defensive players will have the biggest impact in the Super Bowl? On the Super Bowl. (laughs) Can't we just say effect? What is this impact thing? You hate the word impact. Impactful. It's full of impact. But that's what we're asking. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot 
the Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. I'm the smartest guy in the box, so I like that too. Keys Real Rankings. Here it is, dang, Keys dang. Real Rankings. I refuse to say this word. I, I hate it so much. It's like one of the worst sports words. But you can, what, tell me what you're ranking. Impactful. Oh, every sports guy in list has to be impactful. But go ahead, Key. Most it's, impactful it, defensive players yeah, in the Super Bowl. Absolutely. And there's going to be some defenders that's very upset at me, I'm sure, after somebody tells them they didn't make the real ranking, and they'll be hitting Jay up on his Twitter, and Jay will be <laughs> relaying the message to me. So this isn't anything new, but I'm going to start at number five. Number five. Fletcher Cox, defensive tackle of Philadelphia Eagles. This big stud in the middle of the field. He's got to show up if they plan on winning this football game. It can't just be all about uh, Hassan Reddick. He's got to bring something to the table. I think he will. He sits at number five. Number four. Number four on the defensive side of the ball, again for the Philadelphia Eagles, and Darius Slade, the impactful cornerback. When you look at this situation for the Kansas City Chiefs, they're a little banged up at the receiver position. So now he has an opportunity to do his thing, to take advantage of some guys that's banged up. And if he does that, he could potentially be an MVP-type candidate outside the quarterback position. Number three. Now you look at the defensive side of the ball for the Kansas City Chiefs, young cornerback Trent McDuffie. He could have an impact in this football game, given the fact that Chris Jones could apply pressure. He can hold up on the back end. He's got a full task ahead of him with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown with Jalen Hurts delivering the football. But he could step up as a young corner and emerge and surprise a lot of people in this particular game. Number two. Number two, Hassan Reddick, a guy at the linebacker position, stand-up, rush in, hand in the ground at times. We saw what he did in disrupting the San Francisco 49ers, knocking two quarterbacks out of that game in the NFC Championship. Now he's going up against Patrick, my homie. So in the end of the day, if he wants to be, you like that, huh, Jay? If he wants to be the MVP, he's going to have to do some of the same things he did against the Niners. Number one. And the number one guy is the big guy in the middle, the big giant defensive tackle in Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs. If the Chiefs are to win this game and stop the offense of the Philadelphia Eagles, he's got to have an impactful four quarters like he did against the Cincinnati Bengals. When it counted most, he delivered. Get two sacks on a day in the AFC Championship game. If he can do that in the Super Bowl, a la Aaron Donald, as Max would say, if it wasn't for Aaron Donald, Joe Burrow would have won the Super Bowl. Well, guess what? He didn't. And that's because of the defensive tackle in Aaron Jones. So when you look from one to five, you got Chris Jones, Hassan Reddick, Trent McDuffie, Darius Slay, and Fletcher Cox. Three Eagles and two Chiefs on this real ranking is the most impactful defensive players in the Super Bowl. And I hate that picture for the thousandth time. I was going to ask Max uh, the key, considering how good that O-line is, for Philadelphia, like, do you, do you like, realistically, like, how many sacks do you see Chris Jones having? Just trying to ask for a friend, you know, for the odds. <laughs> you know, who knows, really? I mean, it, it, look, he's a dominant defensive tackle. That offensive line sure has their work cut out. He yeah. has his work cut out. They're not just going to single him up and allow him to just, you know, just basically set the world on fire. But they got to still – account for guys like Frank Clark on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. They still got to worry about other guys and not just Chris Jones. If they can start to get some hay, make some noise, and pin their ears back, they can go get potentially Jalen Hurts. We know he's going to throw the football, 
but the RPO game slows down the defensive lineman at times. So uh, that was a very descriptive answer. Thank you. Are we thinking maybe four, three? Uh, where <laughs> oh, should God. I? What's my range? I'm just asking. You know, once Man, again, I would say I would stay at one and a half. One and a half. Okay. One and a hook. Oh, one, okay. One and a hook. Okay. Thank you. That's what I would stay That's at for, for that guy in Vegas. Yes. Yes. I'm curious about. The, it's interesting to me when receivers, especially played a long time, know what they're looking at when they rank corners, right? Like, what are you looking for? Because I just, I imagine it's like, man, that's a tough matchup. Or if I had to play against him, I could see he knows what he's doing. What are you looking for? When you look at McDuffie, other than the circumstances, there might be pressure and that'll help him. What do you look at and see, yup, that makes him different than other guys? Well, he's always around the ball. He's always making plays. Um, He's never getting beat deep and, you know, standing out there pointing and doing one of these and blaming the safety and, you know, that guy, he's never doing that. He's young. He's he's uh, a guy who is not afraid of the moment. He's in the mix all the time. He doesn't he's not afraid to mix it up in the tack, you know, on the defensive side of the ball in terms of making a tackle, forcing the runs, just all of those being active. Whenever you're active, that's important at the cornerback position. All right, okay, I got another one for you. Legereus Le- Sneed, I uh, was reading that he may be back coming back in this game. For the Chiefs, CB. That's a plus. That, that's a that's a big plus, right? And guarding guys like Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, right? No, that's a huge plus. If Snead comes back, you got Snead and McDuffie. And because otherwise, you, you're you going to have probably three young, really young corners in the secondary going up against an experienced offense in Philadelphia. So the more help you can get on the back end, if Snead is coming back, you know, I don't know, I don't know where his injury or how his injury is healing or where it's at. But if you can get him back on the field, it certainly helps that defensive side of the ball. The problem that I have is I'm a little nervous when it comes to Spags calling the defense. Even though they get better every single year, this time of year, late in the season, he just sometimes make you scratch your head on some of the play calls. If you go back to last week's game or two weeks ago against Cincinnati, I believe it was like it was either fourth in a million or third in a million. And they were in this weird defense and Joe Burrow hits the tight end like on a hearse on a deep crosser. And prior to that play, I'm sitting there talking to somebody. I was like, I hope that Spags got him in the right coverage. I'm talking mm. to Boogie McFarlane, actually. We're watching. And Spags didn't have him in the right coverage. And they, they hit it on a, a big chunk. So he scares me a little bit. I go back to Buffalo game last year. He's got the secondary and man-to-man coverage off. They run a, 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 a bang eight. On Mike Hughes, Mike falls down, Davis walks into the end zone. Why would you have him in that coverage at that point in time in the game? So those are the things that I look for that I worry about when Spax is calling it. Hey, guys, because we we started talking basketball, we talked about talking about it but never actually talked about it. Nick Sirianni, what he had to say about Andy Reid. Remember when I talk about germ spreading, how we're looking for these stories, and usually you don't find a grudge match with coaches. They're not going to say it out loud, right? This is Nick Sirianni's quote. Now, here's the situation. He was let go by Andy Reid when Reid took over as Kansas City Chiefs head coach in 2012. And Sirianni, Kansas City's wide receiver coach at the time, said he was appreciative of how Reid handled the situation, but he acknowledged that not being retained by Reed is a motivating factor for him. Quote, do you always have this little chip on your shoulder? Yeah, you sure do. Or sure, yeah, you do, Sirianni said. But that's who I am as a coach and as a person. I want to make sure I'm working my butt off to get as good as I possibly can. And sure, you hold on to some of those things. What do you think about that, Key? 
I mean, you got let go because your team suck. That's just the bottom line. You, your unit wasn't doing very good, and Andy Reid probably had his own, you know, own receiver coach that he wanted to bring in and all those things. And clearly when the coaching staff gets fired, most likely that new coaching staff is bringing in his own guys. So, you know, if you got a chip on your shoulder, so be it. I Jay. mean, yeah, I, Max, I yeah, love this. Key, yeah, I, I see, love this you so motivated much. by chips on oh, your shoulder. I, I know. So, because first off, Key, what did you think was gonna happen, what, knucklehead? Well, that's what, but Key, you and I both know this, right? Like we've been around a lot of coaches our whole life, Max. You've met a lot of coaches. We spend time with Rex Ryan in the studio. It's not to call Rex out, just to tell people what time it is. Yo, coaches are some of the most petty people on this planet. They remember everything. I remember, I remember I would be doing a college game day set, and Seth Greenberg and I would be joking around, and some coach would lose a game. He's like, yeah, that's what that guy gets back in 1997. He said this to me. I'm like, dudes, we remember everything now. Like, I like but, when we're just no, upfront not, and honest about it. I'm not keeping you if I don't have a relationship yeah, of course. with you. I'm not, I don't want you in the building, man. I don't, but Jay is an anger-based um, motive. Like what Jay, what motivates Jay is he has to find someone to get angry at or something yes. to get angry at. Yes. So here's Sirianni. You see a kindred spirit, Jay. Well, I'm just saying, like, what, I like when people tell you how they've gotten to this point where now he's in the Super Bowl going against a guy that he ultimately respects. But at the end of the day, if he doesn't have that chip or that edge on his shoulder, you know, Andy Reid helped him get there. So, like, whatever helps you get there psychologically where you're able to compete, like, just embrace it. Like, you I'm, need that chip I'm okay on your shoulder it. to get that chip on your finger. Something like that. Listen, <laughs> there's a new sheriff in town, guys. Guy walked around forever thinking about Andy Reid. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> His name, not buying it, Keith. His name is Sean Payton, new sheriff in town. We're going to mm. explain next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. G-Sean, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Nick Sirianni says he has a chip on his shoulder because Andy Reid didn't retain him. as a He was a wide receivers coach when Reid took over uh, the Chiefs. Now, Look, usually that's what happens. A new coach comes in, but he's using it as motivation. Here's the quote. Do you always have a little chip on your shoulder? Sure, yeah, you do. 
that's who I am as a coach and as a person. I want to make sure I'm working my butt off to get as good as I possibly can. And sure, you hold on to some of those things. What do you think of that? Uh, I think the media is looking for a story. You know, look, Andy Reid is, is, <laughs> is like an all-time great coach. He has hired more. I, his coaching tree is incredible. He didn't know uh, Coach Sirianni. You know, Nick's gone on, obviously done really well. So, I mean, we're going back, what, 11 years here, and he wasn't, you know, a holdover from Todd Haley's staff. I mean, come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it – uh... I was telling Max, I said, yeah, he's been holding on that since 2012. I can't wait to see Andy Reid in the Super Bowl in 2023. I'm going to show him. <laughs> like, come on, man. I might be a wide receivers coach today, Andy Reid, but one day I'll see you in the Super Bowl as a head coach. Hey, Mike, how do you how do you feel about – and I, I I don't even know why I set it up or how you feel because I know how you feel about Sean Payton basically coming into Denver, changing the whole – perspective the culture being the guy now in Denver there's no body at the Denver Broncos bigger than Sean and he's laying the law down it, it, it's no more personal coaches I haven't read the report out yet about the office but clearly things are changing in Denver yeah Key I, I heard you a little bit uh, between breaks and it does remind me a little bit of uh, Coach Parcells going back to 97 when he you know he came in we all came in together and you know the rest is history we had a number of good years together and I think sometimes, well, first of all, you hope that Coach Payton gave Russell Wilson a heads up, like, hey, like, things are changing. What happened last year? Is it going to impact what happens this year? But message sent, like, new day, new standard, new culture. I just, um, hopefully Russell Wilson wasn't blindsided because they want to have the best relationship possible. And I got to think, guys, there has to be a little bit of Russell Wilson that may be relieved from this standpoint, which is, you know, last year he's on campus for five minutes and he's, you know, the mayor of the city holding press conferences, like out in the community. Like, just go play quarterback. Like, go get first downs, score touchdowns, and then everything else takes care of it. Like, you win in Denver, you'll be an all-time great. Look at Peyton Manning. So I wonder if deep down, while Russell Wilson may be, like, a little perturbed, I wonder if there's a part of him that's actually relieved. But I was going to ask you, Key, you know, Sean Payton doesn't strike me as an individual that would communicate to his players – through the media. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I kind of feel like Sean Payton's old school where he'll just – he had to call Russ the first time the news got announced and say, hey, look, this is how I'm coming into this thing. This is how I'm looking at it, right? Like, that's probably the way he's going about it, correct? Oh, oh Yeah, when I remember – and I don't know if you remember this, Mike, when Bill was first hired, first time I met Coach Parcells when he was hired, I was probably the first or the second player that was summoned to his office during the offseason – uh, right during his press conference. After the press conference, I went into his office and we had a conversation about this is what I expect from you and this is what I'm gonna get from you. It wasn't this is this is what I it was this is what I expect and this is what I'm going to get. And anything less than that, you probably are gonna be on another team. And and I think Sean's approach is the same way. But Bill also can communicate through the media to speak to other players that may not be there that he may can't reach. It's just a message that's being given. And that's the way Sean operates. And, you know, look, because I've been around Bill for so long or that tree, so to speak, whether it's Mike Tannenbaum, Todd Haley, Sean Payton, you name it, Mike Zimmer, I kind of know where all their minds and how they think because you take stuff from people that have success that you work with and you utilize it. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Yeah, no, that is really well said. Like, for better or for worse, like, you know, 
you you uh, you acquire their traits, and I know for me, like yes. those four years with Coach Parcells, I wouldn't trade for the world. Like, look, I have an undergrad degree, I have a law degree, but I've always told people like the most I've learned in my career was working for Coach Parcells for four years. Like, he taught me way more about life than a game of football, and has like to this day impacted me and I for the better. And I would say like you know Sean, you know we both know Sean Payton Key, and I, I think that's I think there's a lot of similarities here. I would just say that. In this day and age, where everything is so public, and I gotta think Russell Wilson's you know sensitivity is gonna be pretty high. If I'm Sean, I want Russell Wilson to play as as good as he possibly can in 2023. And my sense is with Russell Wilson, like you may want to give him a heads up, much the way that key you know Coach Parcells brought you into his office in terms of you know like that old. Hopefully, the first shot across the bow wasn't public. Mm. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front (laughs) office insider, joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Mike, I I do want to ask you, talk about, you know, playing in 2023, 2024. Do the Packers give Aaron Rodgers the best chance to win the Super Bowl? And if your answer is no, then who does? Yeah, I think unquestionably they they absolutely do. And, you know, for all their collective stakes, guys, I hope he goes back there. How about this? If you look at the Packers by month, in September, guys, 16 points a game. October, 19 points a game. November, 22 points a game. December, 27 points a game. Mm. They got better and better and better. And if I'm Brian Gutekunst or Matt LaFleur, what I'm saying to Aaron Rodgers, Jay Will, is, hey, look, we didn't get Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson for one year. We got them for the next five. Let's go. We have some unfinished business here. Mm. Yeah. And maybe if he picks them up from the airport, like Mike T said, Maybe because they just ran out of time. They came. The, the, the young guys were being brought along. They, they, it took a little longer than they wanted. Need and to get they that defense better, Max. Going, yeah, but the receivers were getting better and better, and they ran out of games. Keyshawn, New York Jay Jets, here comes Rodgers. That is Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. You can see him on such shows as this just in, 2 p.m. <laughs> Eastern. Anson, All right, Mike. What? Why does this Super Bowl run for the Eagles feel different? Keyshawn, Jay with Max. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.